The following is a message from the pulpit of Parkside Baptist Church in Mesquite, Texas, led by Pastor Mike Wells. Thank you very much. Philippians chapter 4, you may be seated. Philippians chapter 4, thank you so much for the opportunity to be a part of the Baptist Leadership Conference as he was talking about time. I will tell you, there's nobody more time conscious than I am. And uh, I, uh, I'm aware what time it is. I was telling the folks this afternoon, I know by Tuesday evening you were tired. Uh, by Wednesday evening you were worn out. You're neither uh, tonight, you're numb. And uh, if you've been working all week and in the conference, but I, I uh, will be uh, uh, mindful of time. I'll not cut anything out of the sermon, but I will be mindful of the time and not, not waste any. I want to say congratulations for the great day you had on Sunday, over a thousand people. I want to say it out loud. I want to say it loud and clear. I'm thankful. I'm excited for what God is doing at Parkside Baptist Church. I pray for your pastor. I pray for your church. I pray for the college. I pray specifically that God would give you uh, dormitories that the college could continue to grow. We need independent fundamental Baptist colleges alike, Lone Star Baptist College. We need that. And uh, I'm grateful for everything that's going on here. I cheer for you. I'm, I'm excited for you. And uh, I sure appreciate what you did for the bus ministry tonight. We have to keep the bus ministry going. Everywhere I go, folks will make a statement to me, something like, well, the bus ministry's dying. And I tell them, there's an obituary column in our newspaper every day. But just because somebody else died doesn't mean I'm turning myself into the funeral home. We're going to keep the buses rolling. And uh, we had a great day on buses last Sunday. We run 26 routes. We had 26 buses, 800 and some odd, mostly odd riders. Uh, we had... Uh, 130 visitors, uh, f uh, 35 saved, 8 baptized, uh, one bus captain missing, but we'll find him. And uh, he'll show up before Saturday, I believe. Uh, but anyway, I love the bus ministry. We're looking forward to a big day this weekend. Uh, we're expecting more than 1,500 on buses and a big push for this coming weekend. And excited about not just 1,500, but the folks that will be saved and uh, all of that. I, I want to say congratulations to Dr. Hamlin as he uh, approaches and celebrates that 40th year. And I appreciate the fact so very much of his faithfulness. And I've heard him preach many times. I've never heard him preach any better than tonight. And I appreciate him and his hunger for the power of God and evident display of God using him. I want to welcome those that are watching this conference, the Baptist Leadership Conference by way of Internet. And there are many folks that are, and I appreciate many friends that are. There are a few hid in the closet watching it. Uh, stay tuned. We're not finished yet. And uh, you may have a few things you want to tweet about before it's over. Uh, but anyway, uh, Philippians chapter 4, uh, we welcome all of you. I'll ask you to stand once again as I read just a few verses here uh, for the message tonight. Philippians chapter 4, notice if you will, in verse number 10. Now, may I say verse number 11 is our text verse. Our text word is the word content at the end of verse number 11. 
I know how preachers think. You're trying to figure out now what, 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 what's going to preach. I'm going to go ahead and tell you right now. So you don't have to fish and wonder. You'll know exactly where we're going. And uh, the Bible says in verse 10, But I rejoiced in the Lord greatly, that now at the last your care of me hath flourished again, wherein ye were also careful, but ye lacked opportunity. Not that I speak in respect of want, for I have learned in whatsoever soever state I am therewith to be content. I know both how to be abased and I know how to abound everywhere and in all things. I'm instructed both to be full and to be hungry, both to abound and suffer need. I can do all things through Christ which strengtheneth me. I want to preach tonight on this subject, what it means to be content. What it means to be content. Heavenly Father, I pray that you would bless once again as you have in all of the sessions I've been a part of today and certainly in the message we've just been challenged by. Lord, what a shame it would be for us not to be that one that rejoices and recognizes your goodness to us every day. And before I preach, I pause to pray, asking you to fill me with your spirit once again. Dear God, I thank you for how good you've been to me, but I hunger, I hunger for the presence and the power of the Holy Spirit of God as I preach this message tonight. Have your will and way in this service. In Jesus' name I pray, amen. You may be seated. The word content. What does the word content mean? I want to read a couple of other verses that include that word content, helping us to understand what it means to be content. Hebrews chapter 13, a familiar passage of Scripture I'll read to you. Hebrews 13, 5 and 6, Let your conversation be without covetousness. That means, I wish, it's not supposed to include, well, if I had his buildings, I could do it. If, if I had his people, I could do it. If I had that money, I could do it. Let your conversation be without covetousness and be, with, and be content with such things as you have. What do you have? For he hath said, I will never leave thee nor forsake thee, so that we may boldly say, The Lord is my helper, and I will not fear what man shall do unto me. Paul wrote to Timothy in his first letter, in 1 Timothy chapter 6 and verse number 6, But godliness with contentment is great gain. For we brought nothing into this world, and it is certain that we can carry nothing out. And having food and raiment, let us therewith be content. Now, Paul was a man that dealt with many difficult circumstances. No one had more difficult circumstances than the Apostle Paul. When Paul went into town, he did not ask about the best western. Paul asked, what kind of jailer do you have? Because he usually didn't spend his time in a motel. He spent his time in the jailhouse when he finished preaching. His circumstances were difficult, but Paul was never a victim of his circumstances. He was never a victim of, you never heard him complain about his circumstances, but he was a victor over his circumstances. 
I was visiting the hospital some time ago, and I was standing outside where the elevators are waiting for the doors to open so I could go to whatever floor I was going to, and I was reading the uh, bulletin board, uh, as uh, you do, that's why they're there, and a sign was advertising a class, uh, learning to cope with, comma, learning to cope with stress. Uh, learning to cope with anxiety. And I'm standing there watching and, and uh, reading that, and, and the Holy Spirit reminded me that I am not a coper, I am an overcomer. God didn't call me to cope with stress. He didn't call me to cope with anxiety. He did not make me a victim of my circumstance, but he made me to be a victor over uh, my circumstance. Now, that's what Paul is talking about here when he says, I have learned in whatsoever state I am therewith to be content. May I say what contentment is not? Contentment is not complacency. Paul was anything but complacent. Uh, Paul had a burning desire to do a work for God. Uh, Paul said, my heart's desire uh, is uh, that Israel uh, may know God. He, he said, I wish myself accursed. He said, I, I, I would give anything if my people would come to know Christ as Savior. Paul was never complacent. So when he said, I'm content, he's not talking about being complacent at all. There, there were times that Paul was so injured. Uh, one time they, they stoned Paul and left him in the street for dead. And you can imagine the time it took Paul to recover. And as I understand in Paul's journeys, he did not take adequate and necessary time to recover before he was right back preaching again. Bunyan was in jail and his daughter went to see him and she said, oh, daddy, daddy, they said if you didn't preach anymore, they would let you out of jail. If you just promise not to preach anymore, they'll let you out of jail. And he said to his daughter, Bunyan said to his daughter, if they let me out of jail today, I'll be preaching the gospel on the streets in the morning. So contentment is not complacency. Paul never became complacent, but Paul was content. Uh, Paul was never apathetic toward the need of those. Paul said, I am a debtor. Uh, Paul uh, said, I press toward the mark. He's not casually seeking the will of God, but he is pursuing, he is pressing toward the mark, doing all that he can and doing more than would be expected of a man that others may know Christ as Savior. Paul, if you don't quit, we'll put you in jail. Uh, then, I'll win the, uh, then I'll win the inmates to Christ. Paul, if you don't stop, we're going to take you to court. Then I'll witness to the judge. Paul, if you don't stop, we're going to take you uh, all the way uh, uh, to the Roman Empire. Then I'll tell the Roman Empire the gospel of Christ. We'll put you, we'll lock you between two Roman soldiers is what we'll do. Then I'll win those two Roman soldiers to Christ. Paul was not complacent. Paul was not apathetic but he was content. Now, what does that word content mean? In my favorite dictionary, the Webster's 1828 Dictionary, that was when men had enough sense to define words as God saw them. That's wisdom. We're so smart today, we take Bible words and we try to define them with modern-day dictionaries 
And that's why what has fellows confused about the Bible. Throw your dictionary away. Uh, we don't judge the Bible according to a scientist. We judge a scientist according to the Bible. We don't judge uh, the Bible according to an educator. We judge an educator according to the Word of God. The Bible says a fool hath said in his heart, there is no God. I don't want a fool teaching my children. The 1828 Dictionary, Webster's Dictionary, is my favorite, and I found the word content. One of the words that, that defines the word content means to be contained, contained. You may have heard the words self-contained. That would describe an apartment, or that would describe a travel trailer. Uh, they may say, now this travel trailer is a self-contained unit. Now what that means is that travel trailer has everything you need. Uh, it, uh, you can ha uh, have water, uh, you can have electricity, uh, there is a restroom, uh, there is a kitchen, amen. Uh, there is everything you need inside that trailer uh, to live. It is a self-contained unit. Uh, you may see an apartment uh, that's advertised as self-contained. That's different than a sleeping room. A sleeping room just would have a uh, would just have a a, a bedroom, and then uh, there would be a common washroom. But if you saw something that said self-contained, that means that unit has everything it uh, that you would need. I was preaching in New York some time ago, and I was preaching in a family conference, and the a pastor told me, he said, Brother Fugit, you're going to love where you're staying while you're here with us. I said, is that right? Wonderful. I said, where am I staying? And he pointed to a log cabin. And he said, you being from the mountains of southeast Kentucky, you're going to love staying in that cabin. Now, he said that cabin is primitive. The word primitive is opposite of the words self-contained <laughs> you being from southeast Kentucky you're going to love staying in this cabin I said buddy that's a Kentucky word it sounds like friend but it's not I said my grandma had electricity by the time she was a teenager my wife had knee surgery three times last year, and so I spent time with her in the hospital and recovery and so forth, and, uh, and uh, we watched Gunsmoke. And she said, oh, I, there's, a, there's a show I want you to see, and uh, it, uh, she watches decorating shows, and, and there, there, there's one called Living Off the Grid or Off the Grid. I said, sweetheart, I grew up off the grid. I ain't interested in being off the grid. I like the grid. I like the electricity. I like the running water. I, I, when I was in New York, uh, I stayed in a primitive cabin. It was not self-contained, and I was not content. <laughs> now, here's what Paul is saying. I've learned, in whatever state I am, therewith to be content Paul said, in Christ, I am not self-contained. I am Christ-contained. Now, make sure you get this. He said, Christ is all I need in accomplishing the will of God. Everything I need, he gives me 
to accomplish the will of God. I hear some folks say, well, we just run 50 in church. Not, not, don't misunderstand me. I'm not, I'm not against you running 50 in church. We have churches that just got started. I mean, we have a brand new church that started two weeks ago. Uh, they had 26 the first Sunday, and I think six the second Sunday. I, I understand that, so, so don't misunderstand me. But the fellow who says, well, we have 50, and they're good people, and, and, and we're content. It's not the proper use of the word content. Lazy may be closer than content. Content means I have everything I need to reach more people for Christ. I have everything I need to pursue to fulfill the will of God. Paul said, I have learned to be content. When, 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 you, when you pack your suitcase to go on a trip, you start thinking through what all you're going to need. Now think about this. If you have everything you need, you're content. If you have a flashlight with no batteries, you have anxiety. If you have a cell phone with no charger, you have a seizure. Now, now, now I have five children, three boys, two girls. Three boys are, are, are grown, they're married, they, they buy their own groceries, glory to God. And I have two girls, and our grocery bill's gone way down. But I'm telling you, the cosmetic bill is almost as much as what the grocery bill was. Now, when we go on a trip, I'd say, now, boys, are going to be gone five days. Get your clothes packed. They come out with a little plastic bag. <laughs> boys, we're going to be gone five days. I got it. I got it. Next morning, hey, Dad, you got any extra toothpaste? Huh? They don't go self-contained. I took the girls with me on a preaching trip a few months ago, and just me, my wife, and two girls. I'm getting the luggage from our room back to the car. I have one of those buggies. I mean, it is completely full. I'm standing in the lobby. I told the folks, we're moving back to, back to Kentucky. We don't like it here. <laughs> Self-contained. Now, in Christ... I'm Christ-contained. Now, now, we don't need to speak with covetousness and say, if I had what he had, I could do it. Wait a minute. Paul said, you have all you need. You have Christ. You can boldly say, the Lord is my helper. The things that he has is not what makes him successful. It is his faith in God that makes him successful. He is Christ-contained. Now, in this passage of Scripture, we find three reasons that Paul defined his contentment. First of all, he said, I am content because of the providence of God. Now, I love that word providence. It's a Bible word. I, 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 I'm not afraid of providence. I'm not afraid of sovereignty. I serve a great big God. I believe God is in control of all things. I believe that. The Bible says in verse number 10, Paul said, But I rejoiced in the Lord greatly 
that now at the last your care of me hath flourished again, wherein ye were also careful, but ye lacked opportunity. Now I want you to notice, Paul is recognizing their care of him, but he says here, I rejoice in the Lord. Why would he thank God for something they did? Because he recognized God used them to meet my need, but God is the provider. There's a little boy upstairs, uh, uh, upstairs in his room, and he's praying. He's yelling. His mother went up there, and he's, he's saying, Oh, Lord, give me a bicycle. Oh, Lord, give me a bicycle. And his mama said, What are you doing? He said, I'm praying. She said, Well, God's not deaf. You don't have to yell. He said, No, but Grandma is. Now, I fear a lot of times we think others are the ones that provide for us. God uses others, but he's the provider. Paul said, I am Christ-contained. You see, Christ is all I need. Christ is all I need. All, all I need. You know why? He's my provider. He's in control. I believe in the providence of God. You know what? Joseph, as a young man, he had a dream that God was going to do something great and wonderful and marvelous in his life. And he believed that with all of his heart. He believed God had done a work and was doing a work in his life. And so when his brothers came with hatred, Joseph never lost his dream. He believed in the the providence of God. They said, we'll kill him. Another said, let's not kill him. We'll throw him in a pit. Uh, Joseph didn't quit on God. Joseph stayed in the will of God. He went from the pit and Potiphar bought him and God began to bless the house of Potiphar. And there came a day that she made a false accusation. Here we go. Joseph's right back to prison. He's from the pit now in the prison. Joseph, why don't you quit? Why well, can't can quit? God is in control of this. He knows what's going on. Quit measuring the whole of God by one circumstance of life. Don't measure the whole of God by one trial or one difficulty. We have to become spiritual again, folks. We've got to believe there's a God in heaven and God is in control. One of the things I fear about Bible college is that we become so practical, we leave faith in God. I am for being practical. I am for having a budget and living within the budget. But contentment doesn't say, well, the budget said I don't have the money to buy it, so I'm content not to have it. That's not the proper use of content. The proper use of content is, I don't have it, but God does. And I'm going to go out here, and I'm going to find a place in the woods, and I'm going to pray until God answers that prayer. I'm not going to quit running buses because I don't have money. God still has the money. God's still in control. Joseph comes to the place in Genesis chapter 50 that his brothers, they're the ones that have fear. They're the ones that are afraid. They didn't trust in the providence of God. They trusted in their scheming, uh, their scheming ways. You know what Joseph said? You meant it for evil. God meant it for good. You heard me tell the story a couple of years ago and I preached a message, he maketh away. And I said, one of these days I'm going to tell you how he made away. 
for 20 years. Our church grew 100 a year, 1991, 1992, 93, 94, 95. I mean, we grew 100, 200, 300, 400, 500. I mean, almost 100 every year. Until 2011, we were running 2,000 people. We came to the place that we were full. We, we weren't just full. I mean, we're running into one another. This past Sunday, I said to security, I said, I heard we had an accident in the parking lot. He said, well, it really wasn't an accident. Lady backed out, fella got mad. He just hit her and went on. That ain't an accident. We had an on purpose. <laughs> With no accident to it. You can only park one car in a parking place. When you try to put two in one, it won't work. We've had all kinds of those problems. 2011, I began to look and search and pray, and I did everything. I, I, and, and the devil fought against me. He jumped on my shoulder, and he said, you're no leader. If you was a leader, you'd already know where you was going. You'd already know. Uh, you'd already have land. You'd already have a plan. You'd already have a building. Seven long years, I looked. I searched. I went everywhere. Finally, I found a piece of property on the north side of town, 22 acres, a, a, a large building. One side had a double gymnasium and classrooms. The other side had just a shell for a 1,500-seat auditorium. I said, this is it. Businessman came to hear me preach. I didn't know him, didn't know who he was, don't know much about him. He said to me, I want to help you. He called my banker. He said, I'll put $4.5 million in their bank account. I want to help them buy that property. We were waiting for a foreclosure date to come. The date finally came. I was on my way to Washington State. I stopped in Purgator or, uh, Atlanta Airport for a couple of hours, and, uh, and, and I got the phone call, and the lawyer said, you didn't get the property. I said, well, what do you mean? We, we had the highest bid. I've already got the money for it. What do you mean we didn't get it? They said, now, preacher, look, it's over. The state bought it. It's public school. They'd already planned to do it. I said, you, you can't do that. They said, it's already done. Forget it. Move on. I'll tell you that flight from Atlanta uh, to, to Washington, I, thought, I mean, faith and fear inside of me were knocking it out. I remember the uh, pilot came on the, uh, on the PA system. He said, we're now flying over the Colorado Rockies. I want to jump out the window. <laughs> Stewardess came by and said, could I get you something to drink? I thought about that. <laughs> I mean, my faith and fear, I mean, it was fighting. I mean, boy, I was struggling. I got to the airport in Washington. The preacher picked me up. Brother Fugit, we're so glad you're here. Thank you for coming. We've been working. How you doing? I wanted to be excited. I wanted to be, I mean, I like being excited. I was struggling. We had lunch. I went to the motel room. I mean, I was fighting inside. I was sick. My phone rang. Fellow said, I understand you bought property on the north side of town. I said, it didn't work out. I, I, we didn't get it. He said, you may be interested in something I have. I thought, yeah, here we go again. He said, you know where Brandon Road is? I said, I do. How familiar are you with Brandon Road? I said, uh, I live on it. <laughs> it's on my side of town. He said, you know where 1220 Brandon Road is? I said, yes, yeah, cross the street. <laughs> he said, I got 80 acres there for sale. I don't have time to tell you the story, but I'll tell you this. Everybody had promised to help me and help our church with that building on the north side of town. Everybody. You know who helped us get the 80 acres that's being developed and just a few weeks away from a new building? Nobody but God. I'm going to stretch a big yellow ribbon, and we're going to stand way back and let God hit it with lightning and cut it in two. 
You know what I found out? You know what I found out? I found out I'm not in control and the governor's not in control and the sender's not in control but I have a God in heaven, dear friend. He sits on the throne and my God is in control. Paul said, I am Christ contained because of the providence of an almighty God. Second of all, he said, I'm Christ contained because of the power of God. Look at verse number 13. I can do all things through Christ which strengtheneth me. Not by my might, nor strength, but by his, by his power. His power. Can I tell you something? When I operate in his power, I'm so glad I have his power. Be strong in the Lord and in the power of his might. I'm so glad I have the, the power of God is available to me not to do what I want, not to consume on my own lust, but to accomplish the will of God. Dream big in the will of God. Desire much in the will of God. Open your mouth wide in the will of God and let him feel it. It's not my strength. It's not my might. It's not my power. It's his power. Paul said, I can do all things through Christ which strengthens me. You can't shut up the man of God with the power of God in his life. They said to John, we'll put a stop to you. We'll put you on an island out here on a rocky island, and we'll let you stay out there and rot by yourself. John said, I was in the spirit on the Lord's day, and I heard a voice behind me as of a trumpet. <laughs> and that's where we got the book of the Revelation. Can I tell you something? It's not our power. It's his power. Now listen to me. Power does not bring anxiety. Power does not bring stress. Power brings peace. Power brings contentment. I'm content that I have everything I need to do the will of God. I can go to the next town. Why? Because of God's power. I'm content. It's not the little bitty things I don't have. It's the great big God I do have. I'm thankful for the peace that God gives. I got on the airplane, oh, I don't know, it's probably been five or six months ago now. I got on first or among the first passengers. I sat down. I got my Bible and things out ready to work on the first flight. Then the next group started getting on. A lady got on. She sat on beside me. She was so nervous. And she said it. She said, I'm so nervous. She said to the other people she was with, she didn't see me, didn't speak to me. She said to the, to, the, to the stewardess, she said, you have anything to drink? She said, yes, we have Coke products, Diet Coke, and so forth. She said, no, I mean something to drink. She said, well, we have, and she started telling her what kind of beer and all, and she said, I'll take two of those. She gets two, two beers, nervous as could be. She takes the first beer, and she just drinks it. I mean, she just drinks the first beer. Goes, <sighs> She's sitting there holding the other one. Then she turns and looks at me. She said, oh, my goodness. I've sat down beside the reverend. She said, preacher, I watch you every Saturday night on television. I'm so ashamed of myself. Here she is, red-handed. She said, I get so scared when I fly. I get so nervous. You know, that describes too many Christians who are looking at the difficulties of life not recognizing the power of God that's available. Folks ask me about our construction. Here's what I say. We're six months behind my schedule. But you wouldn't believe it. We're to the day on God's schedule. 
I, I, I don't know how it works out like this. I mean, we're to the day on God's schedule. My sweet, wonderful, dear wife said, I'm glad it rained so much last year. You know, it rained 80 inches in Kentucky. We get 35 inches a year. Worked two full weeks in a whole year. I mean, it rained us out over and over and over. They just built the ark in Kentucky. I don't know if you know that. <laughs> I'm glad. I thought we was going to have to go get in it last year. Yeah. I mean, it wouldn't stop raining. My wife said, I'm glad it rained. She said, you'd have killed those workers if it hadn't rained. You'd have worked them to death. I hate the conviction that comes inside my soul from the Holy Spirit and from my wife. She said, you know, it's not been bad waiting seven years. It let us catch up with your vision. As I said, I hate it when she's right. Can I tell you something? We're Christ-contained. I'm content. That doesn't mean I'm lazy. That doesn't mean I'm going to stay where I am. I am content. I'm going to the next town. I'm starting the next bus route. I'm planning another church. I'm building another building. I'm winning others, uh, others to Christ. I'm moving forward. Content doesn't mean to stay where you are. It means to take everything you have in Christ and to move forward. Paul said, I'm content. And I'll tell you why. Third of all, because of the promises of God. Look at verse number 19. But my God shall supply all you need according to his riches in glory by Christ Jesus. I believe, I, I really don't believe money is an issue according to that verse. God has everything I need. There's no need for me to be anxious about what I think I need. Christ is all I need. Two men went to college together, graduated together. One man was a successful attorney. The other man, alcohol destroyed his life, his business, his marriage, everything. The successful attorney came out of his office one day and saw his friend that he'd gone to school with and graduated with. He's standing there with old clothes. He looked like a bum, and he was. His hair was long. He was, he was unshaven. I, I mean, he was a mess. Alcohol ruined his life. He said to his friend, he said, man, he said, you've got to get started again. You've got to do right. In compassion, he took out his checkbook and he wrote him a sizable check. And, and he said, I want you to go get you a new suit of clothes. I want you to get started. I want you to find you a job. I want you to start all over again. You can do it. He thanked him. He took the check, put it in his pocket. His friend left and he walked down to the bank to cash the check. He got to the bank and he looked inside and he saw the folks there and the security guards dressed in their uniforms. He saw the bankers in their suits. He saw the tellers in their nice clothes. He looked at himself, and he thought, no doubt I smell bad, I stink. They're going to think I stole this check. They're not going to cash this check for me. He wandered up, put it in his pocket, and walked back down the street. The next day, his friend saw him. First thing he thought, he wasted that money on booze. That's the first thing he thought. He said to him, he said, you cash that check? No, man, I didn't cash it. He said, why not? He said, I went down to the bank, but look at me. I'm a mess. I smell bad. They're not going to cash a check for me. He said, listen, it's not who cashes the check that makes it good. It's who signed it. 
It's not who cashes the check, friend. It's by his riches and glory by Christ Jesus. I am Christ contained. Christ is all I need, all I need in the providence of God, the power of God, the promises of God. I'll take care of you, he said. I can boldly say the Lord is my helper. I'm glad I grew up in a home that was well, we weren't poor. We just didn't have any money. We heated with coal stoves. We didn't have thermostats on the wall of our church. We didn't need them because we didn't have any air conditioning or furnaces. Well, we did, but it was, it was on a stick. The air conditioner was. It had the 23rd Psalm on one side and the Angle Funeral Home on the other side. That was the air conditioner we had. We grew up simple. My dad started a church in July 1972. My dad didn't take a salary. If there was money left from the offering after the church bills were paid, my mom and dad would get enough money to live on. And I remember one particular Sunday night, we lived in a little single-wide trailer. My dad and my mom were in the kitchen with two young men in our church, and I remember they, they put the offering on the table and they counted it. I remember how quiet it was. And I remember my dad saying, well, we'll take care of it some way. God will take care of it. The two men quietly left. I watched my mother cry and walk away. I watched her go to the bedroom on the other end. My dad, my dad got on his knees at the kitchen table. I was sitting in the living room. I was probably eight, maybe nine years old, and I was just watching. And I heard my dad pray out loud, Lord, I've got a wife to take care of. I've got children to take care of. Oh, God, I pray that you'd meet our needs this week. He cried, I cried. We went to bed. The next day, my dad went to the post office. They didn't deliver the mail when I was growing up. Everybody had the same address. General Delivery, Chavez, Kentucky, 41727. You went to the post office every day and got your mail in exchange for whatever gossip you knew. <laughs> I'll never forget, Dad came home, he came running in with an envelope over his head looking for my mom. Look what was in the mail today, look what was in the mail. And he told my mom, he said, inside this envelope are two $100 bills. I watch God provide like that again and again. My dad would tell that story. He said, you know what's the most amazing thing about that story? He said, I prayed for it on Sunday night. God mailed it on last Friday. I wonder how many things he's mailed, but we haven't prayed for yet. And they're stuck in the post office somewhere. Well, I'd just be satisfied with what I've got. I'll just be thankful for my... I'll just be content. You ain't content, you're sour. You ain't content, you're contentious. Content says, he's all I need. I may not have it today, but I'll have it. I'm content because of the providence, the power, and the promises of God. I'm not going to stay where I am. I'm going to press on the upward way as he provides. Stand with me, if you will. Heavenly Father, thank you so much.
for how wonderful, how powerful. Thank you for joining us today. For more audio or video content, you can visit our website at parksidebaptist.org.